are. We're back. It's another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. Hey, my name is Anthony Hookman. We are your one true only Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. No matter what you might be seeing out on the web, uh, this is this is where it's at right here. So stick with us, would you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there might be a new, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Uh, <laughs> Billy and Minnie Riggins, the actors who play them are starting their own Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. And we're, I'm starting the beef right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're beefing. Yeah. Billy, Mindy, I don't even know what your real names are. Uh, oh. you. <laughs> what are you. What are you trying to do to us? We're just a couple of guys trying to have a little fun having a podcast. You're probably going to get money out of it and stuff. We can't even do that. <laughs> no. So, you know, uh, we hate you. Come on the show. <laughs> you absolutely suck. Come on the show. We'd love to have you. <laughs> uh, Anthony, it is... Uh, it's officially fall. I believe yeah. September 22 yeah. is the first yeah, we day hit of the fall. hit the autumnal equinox. Is is it an equinox? I was wondering. It's yep. there, cuz there's equinoxes and what's the other one? Uh so, I, solstice is the word that comes solstice. to mind but I don't think that's right. That's is it? it. Okay. That that's what I was thinking of. So okay. we've we've hit the autumnal equinox. Uh what what do you like most about uh these days once we've gone over the autumnal equinox hump? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a summer guy through and through. Yeah. I think we've talked about this on the show. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a summer guy through and through. I love the heat. Um I actually kind of get bummed out around this time of year because I know it's all downhill from here, you know. I know <laughs> winter's around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, it's still acceptable. It's not so hot. We were talking before we started recording about at nighttime, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to run the AC. You can just kind of open a window, um, you know, get a a little bit of that natural chill. You know, you're not so overwhelmed, so hot at night while trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. So that's an upside. You know, we've discussed my my love for horror movies, uh, but my disdain for people who overdo it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited. I started getting the season. I've watched the... uh, the first two I know what you did last summer movies over the last oh, two days. Nice. Uh, not very good. Um, but <laughs> the first one, maybe the hottest cast of all time. Well, I know when yeah, I was a uh, uh, sixth grader, seventh grader, I was very much into Jennifer Love Hewitt. She's in that, yeah. right? Yep. Jennifer Love Hewitt. You got Sarah Michelle Geller. You got oh. Freddie Prince Jr. Ryan yeah. Felipe. Oh my gosh. Get out Forget of here. Get about that. it. Jeez. Oh, uh, Bridget Wilson, uh, who was Sonya Blade in the Mortal Kombat movie, okay. and Veronica Vaughn in Billy Madison. For you, that's a yes, very big huge. One. <laughs> she was a big one for my my pubescent years. Yeah. Holy cow! Well, at first, so when you first said that you were watching those movies, I was I was thinking, okay, yes, I did not watch those last year. I should watch that. Then you said it sucked. Then I was out. I was like, okay, never mind. Now you name all those people, and I'm back in again. I'll say it. They, they, I shouldn't say they sucked. I said they were not great. They have not aged super well. Jack mm-hmm. Black plays a very problematic character in the second one. <laughs> oh, I'm all the way back <laughs> in now. Um, but I will, I will say this. Um, so I think my, my expectations were set high because Kevin Williamson wrote it, uh, the first one, and uh-huh. he did Scream okay. and uh, Halloween H2O, which I have also not seen yet. Yeah. But I plan to watch this year. Uh, but he was kind of like the hot horror guy in the the late nineties, uh-huh. um, especially after Scream. And so I went in going like, okay, Kevin Williamson wrote this; it should be good. 
and it just i don't know it felt kind of dumb but i will say that the second one was no worse or better like just on par with the first one yeah uh the twist was a little bit dumber but on the whole uh you know worth watching totally if you're just trying to kill 90 minutes totally worth watching go for it all right nice well i gave them both two stars four out of ten yeah you know slightly yeah. below average but i'm glad i watched them i've got the third one on deck which i'm not excited for but uh that one does not have jennifer love hewitt in it well yeah then what's the point really but straight to video from like the mid 2000s but anyway <laughs> yikes uh what uh what are your feelings about fall josh yeah uh, I am also excited for horror movies in October. You kind of spurred me into uh, doing that last year, so I'm excited for that. Few few rewatches of the favorites that I wa- that I saw last yes. year, and then yeah, try and branch out. My goal is uh, my goal is 15, 15 movies, which I think is reasonable for me. But my probably favorite thing about fall. I can't open my windows. We were talking before the podcast. I can't yeah. open my windows. I wish I could, but I live in Iowa. So if I go to sleep with my windows open, I will wake up to a house that smells entirely of hog. <laughs> uh, so we just can't do that. Uh, I also live near a bacon factory, which is pretty cool at times uh, when you're in the right mood for everything to smell mm. like bacon. It's great. But there are other times when you just, you don't need that. Yeah. Uh, complete enveloping environment of bacon and you don't need your house to smell like that so that's kind of off the table for me i'd say my go-to my go-to like uh not even wardrobe because i can't even call it a wardrobe but uh what i wear every day that i possibly can is a denim jacket with a hoodie underneath and Mm. black jeans that's like kind of the uh worship leader uniform (laughs) (laughs) and uh fall is is perfect for that and i feel good in that i feel confident in that uh you know you you look good you feel good and so i feel like i just have a little bit extra confidence once fall hits because i i know i look presentable so for sure i i will say that there is as much as you know i love wearing my cutoffs uh (laughs) as i often do during while we're recording but um i will say that uh I do like have a whole portion of my closet that's just long sleeve shirts that have been going pretty much unused for several months. So, right. uh, you know, every now and then it is, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind when it's, you know, in that like 50 to 60 degree range, but uh-huh. anything below about 55, it's just, I started getting upset. <laughs> so. yeah. Who do you have on your cutoff? Is that Kevin Nash? I can't quite tell. That's, yeah. Big, sexy Kevin Nash. When he was yeah. running with the NWO Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Around 98. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. 98. Just kind of a fantastic great, year. Great year. Yeah. Uh, wrestling. I'm watching The Sopranos, which it's came real out great in year. Uh Yeah. A lot of good stuff going on in 98. But uh, yeah, back to horror movies. I know you said your goal was 15 this year. So last year I did 31 in the month of October. Yeah. Uh, this year, my goal is 31 again, however, starting earlier um, okay. because um, A, I realized that like I really like was putting off watching horror movies pretty much all year, knowing that I was going <laughs> to yeah. watch a bunch of October uh-huh. and uh-huh. like saving them for October because I've also been like tracking every movie that I watched this year. Yeah. And then realized that like, oh, man, I I overstocked. 
I I way overstocked. So I've got the 10 Halloween movies that I want to watch, plus the new one that's coming out. Yep. I've got the, I bought the entire Saw series, seven of them, I think. I can't Um, do those. Yeah, which, well, oh, eight of them, which I'm, yeah, I I really love the first one. The first one's genuinely great, but everything, I, I saw two and three and then gave up on the series after that. So I'm like excited, but also not excited to watch them all. Um, I've got the all six paranormal activity movies, which I'm kind of excited to revisit. <laughs> Dude, I remember the first time you saw the paranormal activity and you slept yeah, with a shotgun under your bed. Yeah, I love the first one, man. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> that movie scared the shit out of me, man. <laughs> I think I saw one and two and I'm definitely going to revisit them this October. Because those were like the only horror movies that I saw back in the day. I just never was a horror movie person. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing those and it, like I said, messed me up. For yeah, quite the, some the, time. the first one oh scared gosh. the crap out of me. And what like, oh man, just the experience of it. Yeah, scared the crap out of me. So I've got those. I did last year. I bought, uh, a, it was uh, like 12 bucks for a Blu-ray uh, three movie box set of the three Rob Zombie movies that he did, oh, yeah. like House of a Thousand Corpses and those. Yeah, yep. Not very excited to watch those, but they're on the list. Um, I haven't seen The Exorcist in probably 10 years, so I'm going to mm. probably try to revisit that one. I got The Dawn of the Dead, so I got to watch that. So I'm already yeah. like, yeah, yep. I've yep. got a whole list. Good deal. So, <clears throat> yep. All right. Well, keep me updated. Keep us updated as to how Absolutely. you're doing over we'll the next do. month. But, all right, so it's fall. That that's that's what we enjoy. That's what we're looking forward to. Anthony, what Speaking are you of, enjoying? Before we before we get to drinking, I do yeah. have to bring this up, and I'll bring it up now. Okay. So Angie, um, right now, uh, has been working a, a job at Coach in the mall, uh-huh. and right now Michael B. Jordan is the oh like spokesman for Coach. So she came home with this today. Uh-huh. Oh my yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she wants to hang in a place yeah. of prominence where she so, can oh, yeah. gaze at it at any any moment during the day. Yes. So so I had to she wanted to make sure that I brought this up on the podcast. So <laughs> we've got a it's I mean this is yeah, pretty that's, solid that's like a real deal there. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, we've got uh, Michael B Jordan about to be hanging up uh somewhere in our in our home. So all right. I, I mean, I definitely approve. He's a, he's a fine looking man. We will not deny that. Anyway, uh, moving on. What's your fine beverage you're consuming this evening? Uh, last Saturday, it was National Cheeseburger Day, I think. Okay. So we went went to Wahlburgers, which is now in Hy-Vee. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, like the Hy-Vee on Marion. Uh-huh. I told Angie while we were there, by the way, pretty good burger. Um, yeah yeah I think I've been there but I told her while we were there I was like "Ah, I want to grab some beer because we're running low and they had Grain Belt's uh, Elite so it's their their version of like a low calorie beer okay yeah Uh, it's like 96 calories and it comes in these you know it's a yeah you know it's a (laughs) a really light beer because it comes in a skinny cam and Angie's sister I think for my birthday last year, for Christmas last year, for something, she bought me this SDSU koozie that is only for skinny cans <laughs> that I've not been able to use. Hey, there you <laughs> so, go. 
now's now's the time nice yeah no like a, a Michelob ultra would go in there the uh mm-hmm. blue sky light uh from blue moon would go in there yeah those beers uh, that i don't drink would yes. go in here yep yep um well i am also in the green belt family so i believe new listener or at least new follower on twitter chris at Martin Blank, uh, tweeted us this this week. He said, really enjoy the podcast. Minnesota resident, so Grain Belt Beer Northeast is a great choice. Just don't spill Cobra's beer when you're tossing around the football. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Uh, I'm more of a Mayday guy myself rather than Cobra, but but uh, we can agree on Grain Belt. So I was in the store, and I saw the Grain Belt Northeast, and I was like, all right, this one's for Chris. So yeah. cheers to you, buddy. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be enjoying the Northeast tonight and I want to show you. Uh, so I moved my, my podcasting fridge up to the garage cause mm-hmm. I, it's more convenient to actually use on a regular basis there. So I got some extra beers yeah. Put them in a bucket with some ice. Dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> we, uh, hell yeah. we did the experiment and, and, uh, so now, yeah, I'm going to see how this does in keeping them cold. I got a, a big old yeah. mixing bowl filled with ice and three grain belt Northeast ready to go. Oh man. That's so smart. I'm going to quick put my, uh, some ice in a mixing bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Do right it. Yeah. Right on. Man. All right. Absolutely incredible thinking. We got, uh, <laughs> there we go. Grain belts in a mixing bowl. It's uh it's a new staple of the reliving the lights recording experience. Yeah, it is. I like it. All right, so that's what we're drinking, and that's how we're keeping it cold tonight. Uh let's go ahead and get into it. Episode 407, we're looking at. This episode is entitled In the Bag. It originally aired December 16th of 2009. What's old Haven Iron Oak got to say about it this week? Julie mourns the end of her relationship with Matt. Luke's family... uh, Gosh, okay. Let's try this again. Oh, okay. I see. Got it. Uh, This wording is very strange in the second sentence. Julie mourns the end of her relationship with Matt. Luke's family commitments interfere with his football. Becky's dad returns from a road trip with a secret. The police stop by the school in response to an anonymous tip to search Vince's locker for a gun. Mindy's maternity gets more expensive than Billy was prepared for, and the landing strip girls throw a fundraiser. Tammy's staff celebrates an academic award with a karaoke night, and Glenn goes a bit too far. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, I mean, informative, but there's no cohesion. I missed the theme. Yeah. You know, there's no. Yeah. Theme to and it. it was almost too much. It was almost too much. I, I, yeah, I agree. Do you know who did create a theme for this synopsis? Movie Dude 2. Hell yeah. I'm just going to say up front, this is a complete shit show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mine but, isn't great for the next episode either, but. <laughs> you know. Still not sure if we're trying to write good synopses or just make them sound like movie dude one and try and capture the madness. So I definitely erred on the side of capturing the madness here. So I I think that's the way to go for sure. Here we go. 
While Julie is lamenting Matt's departure and Becky is celebrating her father's return, the Cafferty Ranch is struggling to protect their herd from cattle rustlers, which causes Luke to be caught between the farm and football as Vince is caught between keeping clean and providing for his family, causing the police to rustle through his locker. The Riggins throw a party in order to rustle up some cash for the baby expenses, and the West Dillon teaching staff is also partying as Glenn rustles up the courage to finally make a move. <laughs> pretty good pretty good yeah I felt like I had three themes to keep you guessing on what the actual yeah. theme was my actual intent was to be the rustling theme but I just kept making connections and I was like you know what I'm just going to leave them in there <laughs> we're going to go with that yeah it took me a while to get to a point of where where exactly the, the connecting theme was going to be so mm-hmm. Uh, kept it to two sentences, like I like yep. I always try to do. Um, lots of commas. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually like I do think this was a shit show, but I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. So. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, this episode starts off in the Taylor household, and Julie is so sad. She is so so sad. Uh, Matt hasn't even called. And Tammy's worried about her. Um, Just sitting outside her door. (laughs) Yeah. And not like I thought about that when Julie comes out and Tammy's just standing there. uh, She doesn't even like try to cover it up or anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, how could she? Like, (laughs) right. So Julie is very much in her feelings. Next, we go out to the the Cafferty Ranch and they're moving cows around. Because people have been stealing their cattle. Yep. Yep. Luke's helping. Uh, heard some cattle. His dad tells him, uh, Luke, I'm going to need you to miss a week of school uh, to help out uh, with mending the fence because someone's been been stealing the cattle. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about this. As a guy who grew up on a farm who raised cattle, that's like... A lot, if one, even one cow is stolen, that's like, I don't know, a thousand dollars or more Yeah, that you're losing. And so like, this is a repeated thing. Not once does he talk about like alerting the authorities or anything. It's just, we got to build a better fence so that the cat, yeah. I'm pretty sure cattle rustlers uh, can work around a fence. Like if they want to get your cattle, <laughs> they yeah. can, they can figure out how to open a gate, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what uh? What is the protocol if somebody's stealing cattle? Like you, is that what you do? You steal the police? Did you, nobody stole know, any cattle we, from you? We never had any. <laughs> we never had any problems with cattle rustlers. I guess. Right. <laughs> good. Up. I guess you never. You never found out about my side hustle. Then that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, no, I think the only thing that ever came close to that around Platt was uh, some cows got shot. Like. Some, I do remember that. Yeah. Some kids or I don't know if they ever figured out who it was. I don't know if you remember, but some, some, somebody, I, I remember hearing that it happened cows yeah. with a deer rifle. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I already am like, okay, uh, not feeling completely realistic about this. I feel like maybe <laughs> you should get the cops involved and 
you know, maybe yeah. s- get some sort of security camera or watch. Luke's your dad doesn't night. seem like the most logical guy, though, either. <laughs> no. So, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, he's asking his what 17 year old son to take an entire week off of school <laughs> exactly. to build a fence. That's like yeah. an afternoon project, buddy. <laughs> so, anyway, apparently not this fence. Uh, yeah, this must be some fence, but Luke is not into the idea. He, uh, needs to go to school so that he can practice. So he's not on board with his dad's solution. Uh, freaking Glenn is back. Yes. Yeah. We haven't seen Glenn since like season two. I feel like, yeah, it's been some time for sure. Uh, I don't know where he's been. Um, but he Bourbon. is. <laughs> <laughs> definitely pervin wherever he's been whatever he's been doing he was pervin. do you wonder like so like you know we've talked about like how uh certain actors and actresses on the show just kind of santiago uh waverly noel just kind of disappear and like don't even have like a send-off they're just gone like do you think glenn thought that that's what happened to him and all of a sudden he got a (laughs) call call. one day it's like (laughs) come on back season four oh geez yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i bet so i mean it was an entire i think it was an entire season that he was gone right i don't think we saw him and yeah i don't think we saw him in season three at all no no so (laughs) Yeah, he probably did think his uh, time was over. Feel free to feel free to jump on the uh, Twitter mentions and put us on blast if we're wrong <laughs> about that. That definitely seems like something we could be wrong about. But yeah, oh uh, for sure, Glenn, come on the show. Want to forget Glenn? We'd love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> you skeevy perv. Uh, but Glenn's back. He presents Tammy with uh, a blue ribbon award that Dylan High won. Uh, I guess this is some award for, you know, a really good upstanding school that's yeah. doing good academic things. excellence. Academic Blue ribbon excellence. for academic excellence. Okay. All right. I don't know that Tammy should feel good about this because basically West Dillon and East Dillon were gerrymandered to send all the, yeah. uh, you know, like lower socioeconomic uh, kids to the other school. So she kind of came about. Didn't that. really do anything. Yeah. To, <laughs> To be proud of, no, uh, but we don't, we that that doesn't come up in this episode, so no. we won't dig into it too much. We'll just let Tammy have her day. Uh, Becky's dad is back, and yeah, eight, 18 wheels and a dozen roses. Uh, <laughs> what is that a reference to? It's familiar, but it's I'm a, not, it's a song, it. yeah, 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 no country song. I, I was. And a dozen roses. <laughs> yes. I thought I, 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 Garth Brooks popped into my mind, but I knew it wasn't Garth Brooks. Mm. Uh, You're probably thinking of uh, Papa, Papa Love, Love Mama. Mama. Yep. yep. Kathy Matea. Kathy Matea. 18 wheels and a dozen roses. Uh, yeah. He shows back up, and it is obvious that he is not very well liked by Becky's mom. Yes. I mean, and we kind of have we do that heard all, all with him off screen, and understood that he's not popular with Becky's mom. But nah, but Becky obviously loved him, or loves him. Yeah. Um. So she's she's excited. He, uh, Becky's dad is finds out that Tim is renting the airstream, and he doesn't say anything out loud. But you can kind of see the look on his face that he's. Mm. Uh, a little skeptical Not impressed. of that uh, that situation. 
Yeah. Uh, over at practice, we kind of find out that the Panthers think they can maybe win the next game. Uh, Coach basically says that much, like, hey, we can actually win this one, guys. <laughs> um, and uh, so they, yeah, they're, this this is like before practice and Coach officially now appoints Vince as QB1. Yes. Landry is walking the halls of East Dillon High, <laughs> finds Julie signing up for all the after school clubs. <laughs> Just furiously signing up for everything. Yeah. She he also finds out that she signed both her and Alandria up for the upcoming academic smackdown. Yes, quiz bowl. Yes. Uh I loved we didn't have academic smackdown, but we did have quiz bowl and we did have what do we call it? The brain, brain brawl. Brain brawl. Brain brawl and academic smackdown, those are pretty on par yeah. with each other as far as naming. Uh, I was thinking the same thing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I loved the brain brawl. The years that I made it, anyway. Did you go like during your high school years or elementary years or? Uh, so I went third, fifth, and then seventh for sure. I remember it was every it was like odd numbered years, third, fifth, and seventh, and then maybe eighth grade. And then once it got to high school, because it was a team for nine through 12 yeah. i i couldn't i think i was maybe an didn't alternate would have yeah. made an alternate one year but didn't quite yeah yeah i i made it every year of my uh school experience experience except for senior year and i might have talked about this on the podcast before i think i have but i can't remember if it was either eric wilmot or not friend of the show <laughs> ross erickson <laughs> <laughs> That beat me out. Uh, But that was one of the uh, most humbling moments of my life when I did not make brain Mm -hmm. brawl as a senior. But uh, I did in quiz bowl uh, kick Dylan Glover's ass, my (laughs) elementary school nemesis, beat him in both chemistry and grammar. my Boom. senior year of quiz bowl, uh, that, that dude was always messing up all my <laughs> spelling bees and he's from one of those red schools. I think he was from uh, Gregory. So anyway, love quiz bowl. Uh, think it's weird that Julie signed Landry up cause what is, Julie doesn't even like Landry. I'm not yeah. sure why she wanted him involved. I guess Landry's smart, <laughs> but I don't yeah. know, but over in Coach's office, uh, we hear about Coach having some invoice that he has to pay. I wrote this down thinking maybe it would like come into play later, like the Under Armour uniform right. thing, you know, where he's writing checks <laughs> without tangible yeah. commission stuff. Never came up again. So no. that was an irrelevant thing in my notes, but I felt like they were like making it a thing. Uh, but Luke shows up to the office and Coach wouldn't let him practice is not going to let him practice because he was absent from school and can't, if you don't go to school, you can't go to practice. Yep. Luke kind of explains um, why he was absent, but coach says you got to make it school. So make sure that you're making it essentially to school. Yep. Yep. We had uh, Tim, Billy and Mindy. They're holding up the drive through line at Whataburger. (laughs) Whataburger. Yeah. Uh, Mindy starts to go into labor. Uh, they 
it seemed like they underpaid and took their food. <laughs> yeah, they just took it and left. It did seem Tim, like that. Tim was like counting out change. Like they had a dollar thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, Billy was just like, "Just go. We gotta just go. Get we the gotta food get to the hospital." Go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you noticed that too, because I was like, I don't think they did. Maybe I missed something here, but yeah, no, I think they definitely underpaid for the food. Yes. Uh, but in the process of trying to r- rustle up the cash for the food, uh, Mindy goes into labor. And so they have to take off for the, for the hospital. Uh, next we see Landry bitching about academic smackdown and all the nerds that will be yeah. there. He really doesn't want to be there. He's making a big thing of it until he sees that Jess is there. And then yep. he's all in because Landry is a piece of shit who <laughs> does not yes. treat women uh, <laughs> right at all. 100%. Um, and he goes over there, talks to Jess, immediately brings up the awkwardness of, I can't even remember what he says, but it was just like basically another version of, hey, I like you, but I'm still hung up on this girl. Mm. I, I don't remember exactly what he said. I don't remember the words either because I was distracted by the... 100% out of date pop culture reference in Ooh, this scene. Did you catch it? I did not. Landry was wearing a Chuck Norris shirt. Oh like a like a Chuck Norris joke shirt. Yes, yes. That's v- extremely 2009 uh humor. That was even I think even outdated by then. <laughs> yeah, probably. <But laughs> probably. No, good catch there. Uh we'll make a note of that for outdated pop culture reference later. But yeah, the academic smackdown thing is basically just an opportunity to get Landry and Jess interacting again. Yes. Yep. We see Becky's dad. He's getting her a dog from the animal shelter. That's all I have written about that. Mm-hmm. He's picking her yep, up. Puppy. She Becky. Yeah. They, they're, they're kind of at a local yeah dog shelter. Uh, the only thing that kind of comes from the scene is that she asks, him if he'll ever move back or if he'll be moving back mm-hmm. soon or whatever mm-hmm. and he kind of dodges the question yep not good vibes from becky's dad uh mm-hmm. ever and not here we are in the lion's weight room and all the the lions are there they're getting a workout in and in walk the popo mm-hmm. with principal levi they got a report of Vince having a gun on school property. Again, I thought this was going to be like a bigger, deeper, more nefarious Same. plot point. Like, Same. like uh, somebody planted a gun the, or something. The stud of suds called in, that, yep. you know, that he had a gun or something or JD McCoy himself or, but no, mm-hmm. it, that doesn't really happen. But, there's a report that he's got a gun. We don't know where it comes from. They need to search his locker. Coach lets him in and they do, they search his locker basically like they're tossing a jail cell looking mm-hmm. for shivs or something. Um, they just kind of toss his stuff out. I felt like maybe coach should like dismiss the team from the area Instead yeah. of like letting them all sit there and watch them search Vince's locker, which has got to be pretty humiliating for Vince. I don't know. I felt like this coach could have handled this. Yeah. Better. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. Also, it was odd that they searched his like 
football locker, but not his like academic locker. Yeah. Like if I mean, you wouldn't be bringing it. I don't know. I never brought a gun to school, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like I would have. No, I can't even. That's anyway. I word that that's going to come out wrong. So let's just leave it at <laughs> that. Just leave it there. Yeah. I feel like maybe this wasn't a thing when we, by the time we were in high school, but my dad always talked about how like every guy in the high school had like a gun rack in his pickup mm-hmm. and would park on you know, at school. There was with. definitely guys that we went to high school with that had gun racks for sure. I feel like that is just not a thing anymore. Like even amongst people who love guns, I don't feel like there's people yeah. riding around with gun racks in the back of their pickup window. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I can't remember. Rifles. I mean, I feel like I'm not typically looking for that, but I feel like I don't see it. I feel like if you saw it, you would notice it. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Geez, there's guns hanging up. In exactly. Window. But yeah, uh, one of our pickups growing up on the farm had a, had a gun rack on the back and which, you know, like we road hunted and yeah. whatnot. So it made sense. But anyway, it just made me think of that when they were talking about Vince yeah. having a gun. Yeah, little little small town it. tidbit yeah. there. Oh yeah. Uh, for yeah. There was definitely, there was definitely gun racks in the pickups in school when we were in high school. No doubt. Yep. Yep. But I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't think so. Those, the damn liberals are, that's where they, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just like a frog boiling in water, you know, they start making these little changes. You don't notice them. First, it's not being able to have guns on school property. And and then it's, uh, yeah, it just goes on from there. So yep. uh, they do not find a gun in Vince's locker, though. No. And Vince kind of looks, I don't, I didn't know how to describe this look, but like disappointedly at coach, yeah. like he's, he'd been betrayed a little yep. bit, maybe is what I'm looking for. For sure. Back on the farm, Luke is going to school. It's apparently early in the morning. Um, Dad says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to school. And he's like, no, you're not. You know, and they kind of argue. But Luke does indeed go to school. He kind of tells him, you know, I'll be up all night, you know, if I need to. But I need to go to school. So, Mm -hmm. yep. He kind of forces his way out there. After Mindy had gone to the hospital for labor, we find out that she needs to be on medication and bed rest Mm -hmm. uh, to help with the premature labor that she'd been through. Turns out, this is not surprising at all, but turns out Billy does not have medical insurance. He was planning on paying for the birth out of pocket, which I feel like the average cost for a birth is like $12,000 or something like that, I want to say. So Billy was just going to pay that out of pocket um, yeah, as a small business owner. Like <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we're not surprised by this. We're, we're not surprised. No, no. Especially at the time, uh, you know, we didn't have the, uh, you know, yeah. the uh, ACA wasn't passed yet. So this is, uh, this is a tough time. Yeah, it's true. Maybe this is an outdated pop culture reference. That, cultural yeah. Reference. Uh, the doctor's kind of an ass about it. Did you get that vibe? Why are doctors jerks on this? Yeah, I was gonna show? say he's just he's just a doctor, I think. <laughs> gotta be gotta be heartless to be a doctor, I, I think. Yes. I don't know. I feel like there are some doctors who have really good, like gentle bedside manner who will walk you through things or whatever, but this guy's yeah. like, well, it's really expensive, so you're kinda <laughs> <out of luck> here. <laughs> Sucks to suck. 
but and I feel like Matt always is dealing with jerk doctors who talk yeah, that's really true. rudely and stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, true. the writers or Peter Berg himself have a problem with the <laughs> the medical industry or something. But yeah. Peter Berg is 100% an anti-vaxxer. I was no thinking doubt. the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. Taylor family dinner. Coach is wrestling with the Vince situation with the gun. Tammy says something about it being about trust. And does he think that Vince has a gun? I think Coach kind of says he's not really sure. He doesn't know. Mm. It was a very short scene. I didn't get a ton written yeah, down about it. But. Not much. Not much to it. Yep. I Tammy does tell him. Tell coach, like, you should just ask him. Yeah, sure. Uh, at academics back down practice, Julie is freaking out on Landry. Kind of everyone. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, freaking out on everyone. Landry pulls her aside yeah. and kind of tells her to relax, and she freaks out more. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of becoming a tyrant about the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Coach calls Vince into his office, takes Tammy's advice, asks him straight up, you have a gun. Coach <laughs> Coach says the word gun about 12 times in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. He does it's a real coach coach moment. I feel like that's a coach move. Um Vince says he does not have a gun. Coach says, "Okay, that's all I wanted to know." Mm-hmm. Uh next we see tim he's in the airstream he hear he overhears becky's dad talking on the phone to a woman about having a baby yeah the uh tim kind of comes out and asks him about it uh becky's dad tells tim uh, about a girl in seattle that he has a baby with Mm -hmm. uh becky doesn't know about this and we also learn in this scene that uh that uh, he did end up buying Becky a dog. So they've got a dog in the mix now. Yeah. I just made this connection now. What is up with Friday night lights and having like home wrecking situations in Seattle? Oh, yeah, secret. Families. I was going to say secret families. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, coach has got a secret family. Well, but. and buddies. Oh like yeah. Pammy, Pammy moves with that guy to Seattle, the yep. hippie guy. Yep. And then Becky's dad has a secret yeah. family in Seattle. And then again, I can't remember. I think, I think, I think the Taylors end up in Seattle, uh, after, or in Washington mm. at, at the end of this. I'm not sure. I can't ever remember where mm. they end up. The writers but, uh, either hate or love Seattle. <laughs> there's something going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on whether Seattle. they're pro or anti secret family. Yeah. <laughs> uh maybe in reality anti secret family, but when it comes to uh writing plot lines for the show, <laughs> very pro secret yeah, family. A lot of Dylan and Seattle connections, I guess. Yes. But yeah, Becky's dad tells Tim not to tell Becky about anything. Uh, uh, about this and Becky and her mom we we hear them fighting about the new dog her mom's mm-hmm. not very yep. uh, interested in keeping this dog around yep. Julie shows up to the Saracen household uh, grandma and Shelby are just thick as thieves it, yeah it seems bros like. now I guess yeah they're they're loving uh, doing life together <laughs> um, they're getting along great um, but yeah Julie shows up just to visit I guess and she finds out grandma kind of lets it 
be known that, you know, Matt had called them. He'd been in touch. Um, Julie's pretty hurt by this. Yeah, she's pretty visibly upset. Uh, but Shelby tells Julie that uh, Matt's going through a lot and that uh, I'm sure he'll be in touch soon. Yep. Tim and Billy uh, are at the landing strip. Oh, yeah. Trying to come up with how to pay the bills, which probably the landing strip isn't the best place to have that conversation. <laughs> we, know, probably... we know find it from Buddy Garrity's experience that having financial conversations at the landing strip <laughs> can be pretty volatile. Well, not only, yeah, having the conversation, uh, but also knowing how much Billy and, and Tim are probably spending at the landing strip. Uh, it's probably not helping. They probably have the, the family bills. hookup, though. You know, maybe That's it's a true. pretty big deal around there. So That's true. Yeah. Uh, but at one point, Billy suggests selling Kit Kat, <laughs> which I don't think that we Longhorn. knew. Yeah, I don't think we knew that its name was Kit Kat. No, we but... did not. Nope. Uh, Tim puts the kibosh on that real fast. Absolutely no, no. The, I I loved this because it was a reference that I did you only too. got if you're paying attention, right? Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Only absolutely if- not. Kit Kat is the face of Riggins Race. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you know what they're talking about is if you were paying attention last season, right? Wasn't that last season? Yeah, it was the season finale because that was yeah the yep. episode we did with Josh and, and or with with uh, Austin, Austin and, and Miles. Miles. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So great callback there. They are not selling Kit Kat. Absolutely not. Uh, but Mindy's stripper friends come over. They want to throw her kind of a combination baby shower and fundraiser for the medical bills mm-hmm. for Mindy. And they're not sure where to have it, but the, uh, Tim has the gene. I think it was Tim have the, has yep. the genius idea. Hey, let's host it at Riggins rigs, baby. Mm. Absolutely. Freaking Glenn. <laughs> Jeepers. Glenn asks if uh, Tammy celebrated the Blue Ribbon Award. And, you know, she said no. I mean, not really. And he offers to just go ahead and organize a little teacher and staff party. Wes Dillon, teacher and staff party to celebrate. He proposes karaoke. Yeah. Karaoke night. And, you know, Tammy says, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Let me ask you. and stop me if I've asked you this before. What's your karaoke go-to? Have we talked about this on the podcast before? I feel like we have. I but feel I like don't. we have too. I can't oh, place for it. Sure. Um, I haven't done karaoke in probably close, close to two full years. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, right before, so the Christmas party for my company uh, in 2019 I did flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger uh, for the first time. And that was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to become my go-to. It's a great, great karaoke song. Very good. I don't, this, I haven't thought about this in years, but I feel like at some point you and I went to some bars in Mitchell, South Dakota together. The one on Main Street with the at the time, At the time, it was the jackpot gambling. Then it was the moonlight, and now it's called the back 40, I believe. (laughs) I have very, very vague recollection of why I was in Mitchell. Yeah, I want to say 
we were yeah you and i went for a reason and i think we met up with colin and some other friends and there was karaoke night and so we like stopped and had a beer and did karaoke i remember we sang i think 500 miles by the proclaimers that there you go that's it that's it that was a long time ago yeah it was Uh, yeah it was that was more than 10 years ago for sure absolutely (laughs) i probably haven't thought about it for about eight (laughs) years i would guess uh my karaoke go-to are my two karaoke go-to's are one friends in low places it's almost cheating because it yeah it it gets gets the the people going yep (laughs) uh so it's that and then uh fergalicious by Fergie Mm. because i can do the whole part you know by memory and uh it, it 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 often you know it's people be, going gets the people going exactly for sure that's Very a good one it. i like that i did uh i did semi term life by uh third eye blind mm. for a while cuz i've got that one down yep um one that really brought the house down several years ago was uh just a friend by bismarcky that's a good one like hip hop <laughs> ones are good uh-huh. um i also did uh holiday inn by chingy and ludicrous <laughs> and snoop dog that was oh, that one i did a few times that was a good one <laughs> Yeah, you can uh, really get a Holland and yep. going. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, all right. Yes. So they're going to do karaoke. Hopefully someone sings uh, Friends in Low Places. It'd be <laughs> silly not to. Um, it's a missed opportunity if you don't. Uh, we see Luke at school in the cafeteria. He is sleeping during lunch wow. hour, just head down on the table, uh, trying to get some rest in. Tinker is there at the table with him and, you know, kind of asks what's going on. Luke explains the situation with the fence, (laughs) building the fence, Mm -hmm. which again is an afternoon project, but apparently it's a (laughs) week-long project for the Cafferties. Tinker offers to get the team together to help build the fence, knock it out. Yep. Vince's mom shows up at Coach's office, um, kind of apologizes she says, you know, the last time you saw me, I wasn't in very good shape, yeah. but wants to thank coach for making Vince the uh, QB one and coach just says, you know, he's a good kid and he earned it. Yeah. She's looking much better. Yeah. Much, much better. <laughs> I mean, not hard to look better than the last time we saw her. Right. But, yeah. Um, she's looking pretty healthy for the most part. Uh, okay. So now we're at karaoke and the teachers are cutting loose. Yeah. Uh, my question is, and I think this is answered, but when I was watching this, is isn't this a school night? Yeah, school. it's hard to hard to tell. Did they say what night it was for sure? They did not, but we do see a. But scene. we see the next day. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so you're right. All the teachers and staff of West Dillon High are out cutting loose, doing karaoke and drinking, because we know they're drinking. Because Glenn buys everybody tequila shots. Yeah. Um, if you want to get one person drunk, the covert way to do it is to buy shots for everyone. <laughs> Frickin' Glenn, you skeezy perv. Scumbag. Um, Glenn scumbag move of the week. <laughs> jeez. Glenn is gross. Um, he like proposes a toast and he is fawning over Tammy. Yeah. In front of it's everybody. He's, real creepy. He's laying it on thick. Yeah. With- <laughs> with the toast. Uh, then we see him going all in on some simple minds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's not holding back. No, he was, he's definitely going for it. Which he, getting I can all those. 
he's getting all of them in. Uh, honestly, a pretty good karaoke choice. I like yeah, that. That's, that's a, a good, good call. One, for sure. Um, you can, yeah, the crowd is almost inevitably going to join you in, join in on the mm. hey, hey, hey's like you just mm-hmm. did there. So um, he's going hard. He and Tammy l- l- kind of leave together. They both take off. I'm sure Glenn was just keeping an eye on her. And oh, yeah, for sure. Too. Yep. Yep, right yep, yeah. They, yeah. Me too. Yeah. They're waiting for a cab, separate cabs. Because he's a gentleman. Together. Yes. Ugh. Um, so they're kind of waiting for the cab. Tammy thanks Glenn for the night and gives him a hug. Uh, as she's leaving, her cab's pulled up. She gives him a hug and he just dives in for a kiss. Yep. Lays one on her. Uh, she, it's, it gets pretty awkward pretty quick. <laughs> um, and she quickly jumps in the cab. And leaves. I, I feel like the vibe we get from Tammy is like, oh, oh, Glenn. Oh, you pathetic yeah. man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Glenn, okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, no. All right. <laughs> like, not even like appalled that it happened. Just like right. feeling just, so yeah. sorry and oh, so embarrassed geez. for Glenn. Yeah. Uh, I felt like <clears throat> there was like no misinterpreting of signs or anything like that. It's not like no. Tammy was, <laughs> yeah. you know, like flirting or anything. Absolutely like that. not. No. Glenn just goes for it out of nowhere and. Fails miserably. Yeah. As was his plan, I assume, from the jump. I uh, I assume that when he proposed karaoke night, this was his yeah. This was his plan. Because he's yep. a skeevy perf. Yes. Coach uh visit Vince visits Vince at home, uh-huh. tells him he needs to step up and make a choice. Kind of keeps his wording vague. Yeah. Uh but it's implied that he needs to make a choice between his bad influences and his uh, good influences mm-hmm. uh, and kind of gives him a little, little inspirational speech. Yeah. I watched this with Lindsay and she made sure, cause I said, Ooh, good points for the inspirating. And she said, make sure that you acknowledge Vince's response in this too, because I, that's important too. So Vince, you know, tries to paint coach a picture of his reality like, listen, I, you know, like I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to, yeah. You know. I've seen my friends get shot, all this, yeah, mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. And coach's response to that, I think, was really good. And because he doesn't like discredit that, but he basically says, like, okay, if you screw up, you're going straight to juvie and who's going to provide for your mom? Mm -hmm. Who's going to make sure that she's okay and has what she needs. If you're locked up, it's not, this isn't just about football. So, uh, great scene. A lot of heart here. I really appreciated both sides of this, both Vince and coach. So, yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we see Glenn. I think he's, is he setting up for the academic SmackDown competition? I I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, t- yes. Tammy goes in there to talk to him. And boy, we got a quote here. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Uh, I don't know if you did. Yeah, but it's, I did. It's pretty terrible. I, I, I did write it down and I'm going to read it. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to read it. <clears throat> Thank you for your service. <laughs> I practically raped you. 
you know? Well, no, I mean not not literally, but with my mouth, it's like I raped you. And I can't believe I did that. I mean, I'm Mr. Liberal, you know? I grab a beautiful married woman and I kiss her like I'm some sort of, you know, Neanderthal and unevolved caveman or something. And I am not that type of person. I am not somebody who does something like that. <laughs> Freaking Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Uh, you said raped way too many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Tammy is way too forgiving. She handles this. it super well. Yeah, uh, probably. I agree. Too forgiving. She handles it too well. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn deserves to feel the shame that he's feeling, and yes. Tammy should encourage that shame. Yes. Um, <laughs> another. Pop culture. Absolutely. I did. Uh, outdated pop culture reference of the week. <laughs> Julie is digging through her car and finds a mix CD uh, from Matt, which leads to an absolute banger of a music cue. Ooh. I uh, did not write that down. Fire by Augustana. Fantastic oh, song. Augustana. That brings me back straight to 2009. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, this is coincidence. I, I didn't plan. Definitely, that. I definitely had some mix CDs with this song on it. <laughs> so, oh, speaking damn. of mix CDs, the other day I was cleaning out the garage and I found this huge stack. Hell yeah! That is basically it's almost all mix CDs. I have some actual like albums on here, mm-hmm. but these are like all my mix CDs. From here down, so about two thirds, from like 2003 to oh, 2011, man. probably. And so I uh, have just been like grabbing one a week and throwing it in the pickup for yeah. my, you know, 15 minute commute every day. <clears throat> man, I really wish I wouldn't have thrown out all my old mix CDs because <laughs> I know that there was some gold in there, you know? Yeah. There's every once in a while I'll hit a song that's like, oh yeah, I have yep. not thought about that song in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. Mix CDs. It was a beautiful thing. It really was. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, this, uh, we get a little, uh, a little, um, kind of montage with this song playing in the background great tune um where we get kind of uh at the academic smackdown we get a little shot of landry admiring jess from afar um then at the smackdown while this song's still playing we get julie getting up to give an answer that she knows but she kind of starts break down crying she walks away tammy comforts her Julie laments because, and this was a real Julie Haydemeter moment uh, that she's like, he called his grandma, but not me. Like, <laughs> he calls are grandma you and his kidding mom. me, Julie? Yeah, I literally, of course he's gonna call grandma. I literally wrote A Y F K M, Julie. Are you <laughs> kidding me, Julie? In my notes, uh, I hated everything about this scene. I thought it was <sighs> so stupid because the. The question that she answers and then cries about is, uh, it's something about like Thomas Wolfe novels with the theme mm-hmm. of the Wanderer. Yeah, and she goes up to the mic and she names the two the two novels, and it's 
Homeward Angel and You Can't Go Home Again. Yeah. It's like, okay, writers, we're a little heavy handed. Yeah. At this point, take it easy. Julie starts crying at the microphone. Come on. And then, yes, she called her, he called his grandma and his mom, but not me. Oh my gosh. I just hated this. I literally was repulsed by this scene. Tinker shows up to help up, help out with the fence. Uh, he does not get the whole team together, but he does show up personally and, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a nice little moment there. Yeah. Landry calls Tyra and leaves her a voicemail. Uh, that must've been off screen that they made plans Yeah, I did, I did, uh, I did. to meet up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never heard. Cause about he says that. like, no, he says like, Oh, I'm in the spot we agreed upon, but you're not here. And, Apparently she didn't show. Um, he realizes finally <laughs> uh, that he shouldn't wait for uh, her. I I thought this okay. So I thought this was stupid on a few different levels, but he's like asking her, "Hey, should I wait for you?" Yeah, which that's like against the idea of waiting for someone. Like, yes, someone is going to tell you, like, yes, you should wait for me. I'm going to go, like, do my own thing for a while, and then I'm going to come back and settle for you. Nobody's going right. to say that. No. So if, you, if you're if you going to wait for somebody, they're not going to tell you to wait. You just have to wait. So yep. this, once again, is Landry being an idiot. I think yep. it's dumb. My wife also thought it was super dumb. She said yep. that exact same thing to me, and I was like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. So yep. Landry's terrible. <laughs> We're at the uh, stripper fundraiser now. Riggins Riggs. Um, Bozo is there. Yeah. Uh, didn't know he was tight. Bozo shows up. Bozo shows up in this episode and next episode in places that I'm like, why would he be there? <laughs> but doesn't make a ton of sense, but it definitely advances the plot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Mindy is like at the party on bed rest. <laughs> they like got yeah. a bed for her and she's like laying there all pregnant and uh I think like opening gifts and stuff or something like that. But um so Mindy's there, but Bozo is there uh so that he can proposition. I mean, that's probably not why he's actually there in the story, but for the plot purpose, he's there so that he can uh proposition Billy with the uh chop shop hustle mm-hmm. thing yep. that he's got going on. I just, re- well, he just tells him, you know, he wants to talk to him about a business opportunity, right. but he kind of keeps it vague. Yes. Which if you think back a few episodes, there was kind of like that random scene of Vince and I think it was Bozo getting showed how to like hot yes. box. <laughs> yeah. Hot box. Hot box yeah. Hot box this bitch. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that's why that scene was there a few episodes ago. Um, but Billy, as we know, is desperate to make money at this point. Mm-hmm. So he's very interested. Becky shows up there. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised because Becky has zero parental supervision whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So at first I was like, what is a 15 year old doing there? And I was like, you know what? It's Becky. Um, <laughs> of course she is. Uh, she talks to Tim about how awful her mom is and how great her dad is. And Tim is like, uh, listen, 
your dad's got a secret family out in Seattle. He really lays out some hard truths, which I got a question, uh, the timing and geographical location to have this conversation. Yeah. Maybe not in the middle of a stripper party, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he lays out some hard truths that Becky needed to hear for sure. Yeah. Yep. Back at the Cafferty farm, turns out that old Tinker is a big help with the fence. Oh, yeah. Um, tells uh, Pa Cafferty that Luke has been really keeping the team together. Yep. He's, he's really talking up Luke, and you can tell that that uh, Pa Cafferty is pretty impressed. He, yeah, is obviously a dumbass and doesn't know that his son is good at football somehow. <laughs> good at football and like a genuinely good human being, which yeah. I feel like we regularly are reminded of that fact. Yes. So um, next we see Becky's dad and he is pissed that Tim told her about the family in Seattle and all of that. <laughs> Great quote here. Yes. Uh, the Becky's dad says something like, oh, you think that's funny? And Tim says, the funny thing is you don't give a damn about your daughter. You know what else is funny? I had sex with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then proceeds to beat the crap out of Becky's dad. Yeah. It's not even very close. They tussle a little bit and Tim. Yeah. Beats the yeah. crap out of him. I wasn't sure this is going to go because there was that episode in like season one or two where Tim basically goes like to a bar just to get his ass beat. Right. <laughs> like I thought that was going to be the same Maybe, situation yeah. here that he, he was just, yeah, going to get his ass beat, but no, he, he beats some ass. He does. I think he, uh, he's pretty fond of Becky for sure. And maybe mm. Becky's mom and, uh, mm. wants to give Becky's dad what he deserves. Yeah. Vince shows up to coach's house late at night. Knocks on the door, hands him a paper bag. It's the gun. We see Coach and Tammy next morning. Uh, kind of <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. Coach, you know, kind of says like, "Well, at least I know that he trusts me." Tammy asks, "What are you going to do with it?" Coach says, "I'm going to make the make it disappear." Tammy mm-hmm. responds, "It's been a strange week." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a somber scene for Becky's dad. He's kind of licking his wounds and uh, tail between his legs. Yeah. Getting, getting back in the 18 wheeler and heading back to, to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not going well for him. Uh, we see Tim go back to the shelter to get the dog back. Little quote I wrote down. Hey, I'm here to get a dog about yay big. A uh, disgruntled redhead dropped him off yesterday. <laughs> Uh, so he gets the dog back. Next, we see Luke is helping with the cattle, and he is kind of climbing over a gate, and the cattle smash into it and crunch his leg in the gate. It is not a good situation. He is badly hurt. As someone who has worked a lot of cattle in close quarters before, it's terrifying. I hate it. Uh, you always feel like you're going to get trampled and die and handling gates is the worst because if they nail that thing, then like you have this giant piece of metal that you're holding onto that can just slam into you or so this like actually kind of 
<laughs> triggered some <laughs> trauma in me, I think. Uh, and like my dad has been, had been, uh, mauled by, a like a wild cow before and like got him pinned down and knocked his glasses off and he was super blind and like had him pinned up against the fence and he was like super hurt and stuff like that. So, uh, working with cattle is no joke and we see it here. Yeah. But not a good situation for Luke. Yeah. We get a little scene of Landry tells Jess that things with Tyra are over. (laughs) Duh, dude. Stop, uh, stop, Landry, <laughs> stop. Uh, but then he asked Jess out. And then uh, we get the final s- scene. Uh, Tim is driving the dog back to Becky's house and uh, he names it Skeeter. Great, great dog name. It's a good, good dog name. Uh, stops to let the dog pee and is awed by the land that he randomly stopped at um and then as it turns out the land is for sale oh boy he falls in love in that moment roll credits that's the end of the episode we will be right back to give out some awards for the week to say this mixing bowl idea it's it's doing it isn't it brilliant absolutely brilliant they're ice cold literally ice cold all right let's give out some awards here uh we're gonna start out this week like we always do with the coach taylor inspirating coach had a few moments in this one i feel like uh i feel like a little bit higher on the inspirating uh this week yeah for sure uh you know, we get the scene with where he kind of his little inspirational speech to to Vince. Yep. Uh, we get his. I never know whether nice to little, edit out the uh, the opening of right. ears on it because I feel like it's part of the show. <laughs> but yeah, that one yeah. you were talking during like that one, so that one will stay. It's staying in. Yeah, uh, it's all right. Um, I feel like uh, yeah, he had a nice little moment with. Uh, Vince's mom. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is this is a solid six or seven. I mean, I yeah. think the only thing that could have made it better is like uh, with football involved. Uh, you know, <laughs> there wasn't really any football. I don't think we even got a practice scene in this episode. No, we, we got like pre-practice. We got weight. Yeah, room, but yeah, I don't weight think room. We ever but were on the field. Yeah. No. I think. Hmm, yeah, I think six or seven is is the right call. Uh, let's go with a six. I think just for lack of football, we'll err on the side, but it's definitely like, yeah, a better than average episode as far as the inspiration goes. So I think six is a good call on that. Julie Taylor, hate meter It's season three. So we hate Julie (laughs) season four. It's season four. So we hate (laughs) Julie. Uh, yeah, man. How far are we going up on the scale here? I mean, we're talking uh, an absolute floor of aid, I think, here. I, the, the grandma calling his grandma line. Oh, man. Yeah, that really. I think I, like, groaned audibly when she yeah. said that. Oh, like, I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. The absolute lowest I'm willing to go is an eight. Um, would not turn down a 10 if you thought so. 
<laughs> I don't think I'm quite at a 10 just because I, yeah, it's not quite enough, Julie. Because we just had like, yeah, kind of her being sad and then the weird academic smackdown stuff. Uh, let's go with a nine. We'll uh-huh. leave her. We'll leave her room. I'm sure she'll. Yeah. <laughs> she'll uh, get worse. Big rig beer tally. I didn't notice any beers, but I never do. I got two. Okay. Uh, one at the landing strip and one at the Riggins Riggs party. See, how do I not see these things? <laughs> how do I not? Okay. But it's just because I know that you got it covered. Yep. Yep. All right. Two for the tally. No Matt Saracen. So mm-hmm. no goofus malufus moment of the week. No Buddy Garrity. Right. No. In this nope. one. So no gut Buddy Garrity. No Donnie Buddy Garrity sleazeball movie of the week. <laughs> no Joe McCoy. So no, no stud of sud smug scumbo- scumbag move of the week. Notable music cues. We definitely have that. Yes. Augustana's fire. Banger of a song. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, you should. It's it's fire. I feel like Augustana is a band that really encapsulates like 2006 to 2009 for me. Yeah. Like, there was all, I mean, all those bands um, yeah. that like, do you remember when, do you remember the band, The Script, um, yes. when they came out probably like in the mid 20, early to mid 2010s? And I remember when they came out and being like, I know this music isn't good, <laughs> but it reminds me of like the kind of music that was being made in the mid two thousands Yep, that like, they just don't make any, especially now they don't make it anymore. You had the fray, you had Augustana, Mm. you had all Mm. those bands that were making, you know, making that music that had you thinking about your dream girl. Exactly. You know, Uh, I'm going to make some recommendations for our listeners. Cause I mean, I was, I was in college at this point. Right. And so Mm -hmm. uh, this was, um, a pretty meaningful musical era for me. So I'm going to make some recommendations. Uh, if you liked the Augustan of fire music cue, I would recommend a band called this day and age. Second place. Victory is a great song by them. If you want to try that out, uh, a band called waking Ashland. Great band. Oh, um, may M a E may, uh, the afterglow. Fantastic. So, uh, this is this was kind of my sweet. Oh, the Spill Canvas, one of my favorite bands uh-huh. of all time. Uh, the the singer they're from Sioux Falls, but made it big nationally. The singer is an absolute douchebag, uh, known <laughs> widely around Sioux Falls as just a terrible human being, but made some good music. <laughs> uh, I was just talking about the Spill Canvas earlier today with Angie, because um, oh, yeah. we were talking about. Oh, because we were talking about Corey and the Fireflies and South Dakota bands that have made it nationally. And I was like, oh, man, the Spill Canvas had like for sure that had to have been like a top 40 hit. Like I remember it being like on VH1 and MTV and stuff. Staple Gunned by Spill Canvas was probably their biggest one. Great song. No, no. All Over You was that was their big hit. You're right. Because that was on uh, they made it on the Spider-Man soundtrack. One of the Spider-Man. Oh, I did not know some that song from that album. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. <clears throat> all Over You was I mean, that was a big song. Uh, other Sioux Falls bands. My favorite one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, Nodes of Ranvier. If you're into mm-hmm. <laughs> hardcore metalcore type stuff. When you search Spill Canvas, All Over You is the first song that comes up yep. on the Google suggestion. So that makes sense. Also came out in 2009, right at this time. So yeah. that makes sense. But 
Uh, yeah. This was a whole era of bands that doesn't exist anymore. And yeah. I was all into it for sure. <clears throat> Great music cue. Oh, man. Spill Cam has released an album this year, apparently. Well, now I'm going to have to listen to it and I'll probably hate <laughs> it. But, uh, I will definitely listen to it. Okay. Uh, outdated pop culture reference of the week. What a lot we of have? options. Yeah. What we do had- we have? Julie finding the mix CD. Mix CDs. Pretty iconic for that yep. era. We had, um, gosh, what was, we had, I think, at least three. Gosh, I can't remember the other one, but I do know that we, oh, the the pre-ACA insurance situation. <laughs> right. Was, yeah, Billy's insurance situation. But my my pick, nothing quite encapsulates well, actually, an era about three years before this movie, because to me, this or this show, this episode, um, because this reminds me of Meatstock 2006, <laughs> oh, baby. Um, is is Landry wearing the uh, the moods of Chuck Norris T-shirt? <laughs> yes, because um, to me, that was even outdated at that time, and for yeah, and now it's extremely outdated. But. <clears throat> Did we reference Chuck Norris specifically in any of our meat stock ceremonies? Yes. Um, at the first meat stock, if memory serves, maybe the second one, um, like we printed off a bunch of them and like read them on like <laughs> on the little like stage where we did the pledge. Yeah, some it was the the loader bucket of one of, of one yeah, of my dad's yep. tractors. Yep. <laughs> I do remember that now. <laughs> Quote of the episode. I wrote down a few here. I did not write down any, although uh, a few did stand out. I see you get lazy with the beers. I get lazy with writing down the quotes yeah. because I'm hand. I hand write my notes. Yep, 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 yep. All right. So here's some here's some nominations. Uh, I, this I wrote this quote down. This is not going to win, but I'm going to throw it in there. <laughs> I practically raped you. Not literally, but with my mouth, it's like I raped you, and I can't believe I did that. I mean, I'm Mr. Liberal, you know. There's that one. Boo. Boo, Boo Glenn. Boo. <laughs> uh, another one I wrote down. The funny thing is, you don't give a damn about your daughter. You know what else is funny? I had sex with your wife. It's a great uh, one. Another one. That I wrote down, hey, I'm here to get a dog about yay big. A disgruntled redhead dropped him off yesterday. <laughs> so that's what I had written. I'm definitely leaning towards I had sex with your wife. 100% that's my choice. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, if we've if we've uh, got our quote of the episode, that means we are moving on to our MVP of the episode. Yeah. I would say... Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) No. Honestly, like I'm leaning towards Coach or Vince. Both had strong showings in this episode. Um, Vince has never been MVP before. Tim Riggins was solid in this episode. Tim was my first thought. Uh, Tammy Taylor, always a perennial candidate, put up with a lot of in this episode. Handled it very gracefully. Yeah. I think it's between Coach and Tim in my book. Yeah. Um, you know, Tim 
basically, you know, sticks up for yeah Becky yeah. and her mom. I don't know if we really like count the whole stripper party thing as a positive or not for him. I feel like he's only tangentially involved <laughs> in that, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's coach. I think Maybe it's coach. I think yeah. I mean, I could go either way. I'm good with either. All right. Well, my first thought was Tim. I feel like I've talked okay. myself into coach, but Tim was my first. Is my see? Gut. It's funny because you you kind of talked me into Tim. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to take like a, a, a the easy way out by giving co MVPs, but no. Um, let's go with Tim. Okay. We'll go with Tim. Sounds good. MVP of the episode, Tim Riggins. We love to give Tim Riggins a win whenever we can. It's so. true, and he's. Uh, not going to get too many in the press, the rest of the series. I feel yeah. like so you got to take them, take them where they come. Uh, that's true. He does. He's definitely going to go through a rough patch. I feel like he ends on a high though, so we like that. But yes. Um. Okay. That leads us to our episode rating. Man, I got to tell you, and I texted this to you. My plan last night was to watch one episode last night, and then to watch an episode tonight. But I was so uh, just uh, kind of jazzed <laughs> about this episode. That I was like, I'm going to keep it rolling. We're going to watch another one. Uh, I loved this episode. Yeah, I'm not this really is a good sure episode. why. It, I felt like it was really pivotal, um, like had a lot of things that are going to come into play later on. Um, yes. Also, yeah. I didn't Putting mention things this. in motion. Yeah, I didn't mention this, but. I was very confused when we ended the whole Glenn saga a couple seasons ago and he had not kissed Tammy Taylor because I specifically yes. oh, remember that he had it. kissed Tammy Taylor. But uh, so I was I was like, OK, good. There it is. I'm not crazy. He really does. I'm I, I'm you're saying it. that you were happy about Glenn kissing Tammy <laughs> now. OK, you're twisting my words a little bit here, guy. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna advocate for a strong eight on this one. I don't know what yeah. you're thinking, but I'm 100 percent good with that. Yeah, it was I very think. entertaining. Uh, you know, we've got the the plot line set in motion of like Luke and his injury, which I feel like is what I remember about Luke. I don't know. Uh, we've got the memorable moment of Glenn making his move. Um, you know, the Riggins Riggs chop shop thing is getting going, which mm-hmm, has. Mm-hmm. Big ramifications, uh, you know, no spoiler there, but, uh, so are you're good with the strong eight too? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So we're going to give this episode a strong eight. Okay. Uh, before we get to the lesson of the episode, we got any social media shout outs that we want to get to. I feel like we've had a lot of interactions. Yeah. Some new followers on Twitter. Uh, so I'll just say it again. Uh, to my guy Chris, thanks for the recommendation on the Grain Belt Northeast. I had definitely had it before, but uh, it's really hitting the spot tonight. So, uh, Chris at Martin Blank, shout out to you. Yeah, we had uh, Jada Polivic uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago said uh, about the sun, and I agree with her. Probably the best episode of FNL and one of the best of TV ever. Uh, also, did y'all notice Billy Riggins' t-shirt, draft beer, not people, 
little political statement from uh, Billy. I did not notice that. Neither did uh, I, but I'm glad you thank did. Thank you. Too. Yeah, thank you for the for that, for pointing that out to us, and also for backing me up on my love for uh, the sun because we are correct in loving it and Josh is incorrect. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but that's fine. I'm willing to admit that, uh, I might be off on this. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine with me. Shout out to CJ Arnold who hit us with the, uh, the Chappelle show. <laughs> the haters have arrived. Uh, got to season two of the pod, the Julie Taylor hater meter be like, and it's uh, the haters, player haters ball. Uh, very, very good stuff. Uh, also give another shout out to our friend Niall in Wales. Shout out to Niall. We, we love our international listeners. We do. Uh, Niall said, uh, yeah, not too happy with Josh's reaction and rating for this brilliant episode. But due to his own personal circumstances, oh, sorry for your loss. Makes it makes more sense. Uh, still a great podcast episode. As always, look forward to four oh six. Thank you. I maybe yeah, maybe it's my personal life experience, but I just I I don't get it. But y- you know, uh, the people, Anthony and all the people apparently can't be wrong. So uh, <laughs> I must just be off on this. Uh, hey, shout out to all of you who have liked yes. our tweets, uh, replied to our tweets, uh, shouted us out randomly. We really appreciate it. It's fun. It really yeah. is. I yeah, love it. We, we, we love it. We, we're having fun with it. Glad you guys are having fun with it. Uh, Anthony, to end this off, what's our lesson of the episode? What's our moral? What's the takeaway that we can apply to our lives? Yeah. Um, I have a takeaway. You know, you just said a few moments ago that your uh, not love, I shouldn't, I was going to say hate, your hate for the episode, The Sun, but your your less enjoyment of it came from Uh your own personal experiences. My lesson for this episode is going to be on personal experiences, uh, but also relevant to the episode. Dads suck. (laughs) Okay, yeah, well... I I don't agree with that, but I can understand where you're coming from. <laughs> so <laughs> fair enough. Uh, my lesson of the episode is going to be: uh, don't rape people with your mouth. <laughs> also a good one. Also a good one. <laughs> Basically, just anything that has to do with Glenn, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be like Glenn. Don't be Glenn and Landry are the two people to not be like on this show. Ugh, the yeah. worst. Yeah. All right. That's our episode for the week. Anthony, it's been great drinking some grain belts with you and Hell yeah. uh, talking Friday Night Lights. Uh, shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. Shout out, as and always. We appreciate them and we appreciate all of our listeners in Laos. Check us out on Twitter at Reliving Lights. Uh, yeah. There's a very good chance that if you say something to us on Twitter, we will shout you out on this. Yeah, podcast. we, yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, since we started doing this, even before we were doing this specific shout outs, I'm pretty sure that we were just shouting out people if they, uh, if they interacted with us. So we, if you have interacted with us on Twitter, we have almost definitely shouted you out at least once. <laughs> at least once. Uh, sure. I mean, Crank Chop, Riley McKenna Insco. Uh, which Riley, you've been kind of silent on Twitter. Where you yeah. at? Where you at? Um, yeah. But 
Uh, some of our biggest fans out there have been shouted out a number of times. Niall, Niall and Wales, we love you. <laughs> we love them. We got a little family going on here. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> stay away from that other podcast with uh, Billy and Mindy Riggins. At least stick with us until we make it in the very least. And then, yeah. All right, so that's it, Anthony. Until next time, have have a have a great week. We're recording another one right after this, so I'll see you in about uh, twenty seconds. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll catch Today. you all next week uh, for another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God. <laughs>